Hello and welcome to another episode of The Thriving Metabolism, where we discuss everything that impacts your hormones and metabolism so that you can take control, repair the damage and lose weight consistently without making yourself miserable in the process. It's my mission to empower you so that you and your metabolism thrives and you never have to go through diet misery again. I'm Louise Digby, registered nutritional therapist, weight loss expert, and founder of the Nourish Method to Lasting Fat Loss. Welcome to Exploring the Weight-Sleep Connection. In today's episode, we're going to explore a topic that often gets overlooked in the quest for weight loss. And contrary to popular belief, no diet alone does not address the true causes of metabolic damage and stubborn weight. And in fact, a collection of factors tend to come together to cause hormonal and metabolic imbalances, sleep issues being one of them. So let's dive into the fascinating world of sleep and its profound impact on hormones, metabolism, and weight. Before we delve into the details, let's start with the basics. Sleep is not just a period of rest. It's a vital biological process that allows our bodies and minds to rejuvenate and function optimally. And there's a lot of repair that happens when you're asleep. And the quality of this sleep that you're getting impacts how much repair happens. It's recommended that adults get around seven to nine hours of sleep each night, but why is sleep so crucial for our health and our weight management? You know, the connection between sleep and hormones is really fascinating. Two key players in the hormone department are ghrelin and leptin. These are what we call the hunger hormones because ghrelin stimulates appetite whilst leptin suppresses it. However, when we're sleep deprived, the levels of ghrelin increase, leading to increased appetite and food cravings. And at the same time, leptin levels decrease, making it harder for us to feel satisfied after eating. So it's a hormonal double whammy. So having poor quality sleep or not enough of it puts you on the back foot because you naturally want to eat more. The impact of sleep deprivation on hunger hormones is more pronounced in women than men. So this means that women are more likely to suffer the ill effects of a disrupted night's sleep than men are, which is ironic really, given that I imagine in most male-female couples, it's often the woman who is struggling to sleep because of hubby snoring. So you can blame your hubby next time they make a comment about your weights. And There's more hormones that get disrupted too. So cortisol, which is one of your key stress hormones, that plays a role in sleep and weight management. When we're sleep deprived, cortisol levels tend to increase, leading to higher stress levels and potential weight gain. And in one of the early episodes of this podcast, I focused in on cortisol and I explained how cortisol can disrupt sex hormones causing inflammation and driving belly fats. So check that episode out if you haven't listened. Now let's talk about metabolism. Sleep deprivation can have a profound impact on our metabolic rate, you know the rate at which our bodies burn calories. 
When we're sleep deprived, our metabolism slows down, making it hard for us to maintain a healthy weight. And not only that, but insufficient sleep also affects glucose metabolism and insulin sensitivity, which is essentially our sugar management. And that increases the risk of metabolic disorders like obesity and diabetes. So remember I said that we get hungrier with less sleep. Well, pair that with a slowed metabolism and this poor blood sugar control, and we've got a recipe for weight gain, right? And one reason why shift workers can find themselves more prone to weight gain, even if they're getting you know, enough sleep, is you know the sleep that we get during the day just typically isn't as good quality. So the problems of a slowed metabolism and increased hunger, the inflammation and raised stress hormones, they can all come together to cause stubborn weight. There is a growing body of evidence which supports the link between sleep and hormones and metabolism um, and weight management. For instance, there was a study that was published in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism, and it found that individuals who slept less had higher levels of ghrelin and lower levels of leptin, making weight loss more challenging. And these findings highlight the importance of prioritizing sleep as part of our weight management strategy. So how can we improve our sleep quality and duration? Well, let's explore some practical tips. First, we really want to establish a consistent bedtime routine, one that allows you to wind down before sleep. So we want to create a sleep-friendly environment by ensuring that your bedroom is dark and quiet and a cool, comfortable temperature. And remember to avoid stimulating activities and electronic screens at bedtime or close to bedtime. Devices like phones and TVs are so disruptive to our sleep-wake cycle because the blue light blocks the production of melatonin and it has also been shown to raise blood sugars. And neither of those things are good when you're trying to lose weight. But also stepping away from the weight loss for a second, it's also not good for your overall health. You know, over the almost 11 or so years that I've been in practice as a nutritionist, more and more research has come out about sleep and its importance for health. And it's one of those things that the more you learn about it, the more you realize that it's quite possibly the most important thing for healthy aging. Okay, so back to how to get good sleep. Practicing relaxation techniques like deep breathing or meditation can help prepare your body and your mind for a restful sleep. So if you're struggling with sleep, that's a really good place to start. Now, of course, it's all well and good telling you to go to bed earlier, but often there are underlying imbalances that can cause sleep problems. And it's important to address these imbalances in order to improve sleep quality and address the root causes of sleep issues. So here are some common imbalances that can disrupt sleep. Stress and anxiety. So high levels of stress and anxiety can make it difficult to relax and fall asleep. Stress activates the body's fight or flight response, releasing the stress hormone cortisol, which can interfere with the natural sleep-wake cycle. So addressing stress and anxiety through stress management techniques, relaxation exercises, and even therapy can help to restore balance and promote better sleep. Hormone imbalances are a big factor as well. Hormones play a crucial role in regulating your sleep-wake cycle. 
imbalances in hormones like your cortisol, melatonin, thyroid hormones, they can disrupt the sleep cycle and lead to insomnia or other sleep disorders. So identifying and addressing any hormonal imbalances through, you know, testing and other appropriate treatments can help to restore healthy sleep patterns. We definitely see this a lot in our clients as we get those hormones more balanced, sleep becomes more regular and deeper. And then we've got circadian rhythm disruption. So our bodies have an internal clock called the circadian rhythm, and that helps to regulate our sleepiness and our wakefulness. And disruptions in this rhythm, such as irregular sleep schedules and shift work or excessive exposure to artificial light, it can throw off our natural sleep-wake cycle. Establishing a consistent sleep routine and limiting screen time before bed and creating a sleep-friendly environment can help to regulate and promote better sleep. Then we have gut health. So the gut and the brain are connected through the gut-brain axis, which is a bi-directional communication pathway. The gut microbiome produces various compounds and neurotransmitters that can influence brain function and behavior, including sleep. For example, certain beneficial bacteria in the gut produce gamma aminobutyric acid or GABA. And that's a neurotransmitter known for its calming effects, which can promote better sleep quality. And we have serotonin, which is often referred to as the happy hormone. And that's a neurotransmitter involved in mood regulation and sleep-wake cycles. Interestingly, a significant portion of serotonin is produced in the gut, about 95% of it, in fact. The gut microbiome influences the serotonin production and imbalances in gut bacteria can impact serotonin levels potentially affecting sleep patterns and mood. So addressing imbalances in the gut can lead to significant improvements in sleep quality. We also need to think about lifestyle factors as well. So certain lifestyle factors can contribute to sleep problems, poor sleep hygiene practices, such as stimulating substances like caffeine or alcohol close to bedtime, engaging in stimulating activities before bed, or having an uncomfortable sleep environment can disrupt sleep. Addressing these lifestyle factors by adopting healthy sleep habits and creating relaxing bedtime routines and just optimizing that sleep environment can significantly improve your sleep quality. And then it's important for me to mention medical conditions as well. Underlying medical conditions like sleep apnea, restless leg syndrome, depression, chronic pain, they can significantly impact sleep quality, of course. And it's important to consult with a healthcare professional to diagnose and treat any underlying medical conditions that may be contributing to sleep problems. Now, by addressing these underlying imbalances, whether through stress management techniques or hormonal regulation, correcting deficiencies, or maintaining a consistent sleep routine, improving sleep hygiene, or just seeking medical assistance, you know, when when that's necessary, we can work towards resolving the problems and promoting restful and rejuvenating sleep. So hopefully you can see that weight management goes beyond just diets and what we eat or how much exercise we do is just one part of the picture. Instead, we need to adopt a holistic approach that takes into account various factors, particularly sleep, stress management, and environmental toxin exposure. Those are the things that so often get ignored. 
And by addressing all of these aspects together, we can truly achieve lasting results. So if you're struggling with stubborn weight, don't forget to prioritize sleep as one of the fundamental pillars of your weight management journey. Something I see time and time again with my clients is someone will come to me and say, Louise, I'm doing really well, or I was doing really well, you know, losing steadily, feeling great, but suddenly weight loss has stopped, or maybe they might gain, and yet they haven't changed anything, still eating great and moving their body in a way that's in alignment with their needs. And then when we dig into that type of situation, nine times out of 10, we uncover that their sleep has been off because of work or something has disrupted their routine. So trust me when I say that prioritizing your sleep is important for your weight loss journey and for your health to the extent that you definitely should not be sacrificing an hour of sleep to go to the gym or go for a run if that means you'll be getting less than seven hours sleep. So you have permission from me to exercise a little bit less if that means getting enough sleep. Taking a holistic approach to weight loss is crucial because it allows us to address the root causes of our weight issues, including sleep problems. You know, diet often focuses solely on calorie restriction or specific food groups, neglecting the underlying factors that contribute to weight gain and stubborn weight. Taking a holistic approach really recognizes the interconnectedness of various aspects of our lives. You know, stress, emotional well-being, physical activity, and sleep all influence each other and play significant roles in our weight management journey. So by addressing the root causes of sleep issues such as stress or anxiety through relaxation techniques, stress management strategies, or seeking professional help when necessary, we can create a foundation for better sleep and overall well-being and supporting our weight loss efforts. Okay, now it's time for my favorite fact of the week. And the fact is this, DHA supplementation protects the brain from damage from processed foods. So this is the study that showed that just four weeks on a diet of highly processed food led to a strong inflammatory response in the brains of aging rats And they also showed signs of memory loss as a result. But the researchers found that supplementing the diet with the omega-free fatty acid DHA prevented memory problems and reduced the inflammatory effects almost entirely, which is pretty amazing. So this isn't the first time that omega-3 has been shown to compensate for a bad diet. It's previously been shown to reduce absorption of saturated fats too. Maintaining optimal omega-3 levels has been shown to reduce the risk of heart disease, inflammation, diabetes, obesity, depression, joint problems, cognitive decline, and pretty much every health problem you can think of. There's research that's linked to omega-3 supporting and improving it. And, you know, omega-3 is also really great for our skin and our hormones. So it's important to ensure that you're getting enough of it. And unfortunately, most people aren't. We need to be eating around three to four portions of oily fish per week, as well as minimizing our intake of omega-6, which comes from seed oils and vegetable oils and processed foods. And if you don't eat fish, then it's well worth considering a high quality and high strength supplement. And actually, even if you do eat fish, if you suffer with 
joint problems or you have an increased risk of inflammatory conditions like heart disease, then it's beneficial to supplement on top of your dietary intake. Okay, now it's time to go through a listener's letter and this one is about rosacea. So let me just get up on my screen. So she said, hi Louise, I'm 49 and have been perimenopausal for a few years. In the past year, I've developed rosacea as well as other menopausal symptoms, but the rosacea is particularly annoying. I've tried all sorts of creams, including steroids, and my doctor put me on HRT for a time too, but it barely did anything. I've also piled on over a stone despite trying to be more active and eating less sugar. I did a juice cleanse in January and it was great. My rosacea cleared up and I lost six pounds. I felt more energized than I have in years. Now that I've gone back to eating normal food whilst continuing regular juices, I feel even worse. I've put on nine pounds, I'm exhausted and my rosacea is worse than ever. What do I do? Please help. Okay, thank you for your question. It must be really distressing to experience this on top of all of the other menopausal symptoms. You know, we tend to think of rosacea as a skin issue, but we really need to look deeper than that. You know, the creams and stuff that are used to treat rosacea are really just trying to suppress it. And until we address the deeper issues, we're gonna have very limited results without using incredibly strong creams, which are, you know, not great for us overall. The skin is a really good representation of what is going on internally. And the root of rosacea is often linked to a combination of hormones and gut health. During menopause, the level of the hormone histamine can become elevated and too much histamine can be quite inflammatory and it can also be disruptive to your sex hormones. And this overproduction of histamine is more likely because of how your sex hormones are changing. So it's a bit of a vicious cycle. But your gut bacteria and your liver detoxification are very much involved too. So that's why you likely felt so good when you were doing the juice cleanse, because your gut and your liver got a good rest. Of course, it's impossible and unhealthy to do a juice cleanse in the long term. And, you know, it doesn't really address the root of the issue. Addressing rosacea properly will take some targeted work that a practitioner can help you with. But in the meantime, to help manage it, start with avoiding high histamine foods, which is anything aged or fermented, like cheese, yogurt, wine, cured meats, anything that has been hanging around for a while or is preserved in some way. And stick with food that's as fresh as possible. And you can continue with vegetable juices, you know, especially ones that include celery, beetroot, artichoke, berries and herbs, really any veg, uh, particularly, you know, the, the leafy greens. Uh, just be cautious with, um, with the cruciferous vegetables if you have a thyroid problem. Um, but, you know, we just wanna make sure there's a minimal amount of fruit in these juices, um, you know, not, not basing the juices on fruit because that's gonna give you sugar, sugar spikes, which isn't gonna help the whole situation. So just use a little bit of fruit to sweeten um, and berries are a great option for that. Doing that is gonna to help to support your liver, um, which might help with the elimination of histamine. And weight-wise, I always find that it's best to focus on the underlying imbalances and addressing these symptoms, things like rosacea and the menopausal symptoms, because addressing these underlying imbalances like your gut and liver health in your case, 
you know, will result in weight loss as a happy side effect without you having to, you know, focus too much on, you know, how much you're eating or how many calories you're burning. So I hope that helps. And as always, if you need more targeted advice, then email support at louisedigbynutrition.com and we can explore working together. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you'd like to talk to me about anything that I've discussed in this episode, you can reach me on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Louise Digby Nutrition. And if you don't already, give me a follow on there. Or you can email me with your question to be answered on the podcast by emailing louise at louisedigbynutrition.com and putting podcast in the subject. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please head to wherever you get your podcasts hit follow and uh, like, and if you can, leave a review. Thanks a lot, and I'll see you next time.